Great to be with you this morning. Let me just read a little scripture. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Amen. Isn't it good to be a child of God this morning? And it's great to be able to gather in the house of the Lord and just worship together as God's people. It's good, isn't it? Um, uh, we've been on holiday for a couple of weeks, so we've missed you. And uh, so it's nice to come back. Uh, I wasn't on the Happy Days holiday. Um, uh, but uh, we had a great time. We were, last Sunday, we were with uh, Discovery Church in Penzance with Dan and Joe and Ed and Liz and all the guys there. And it's just great to see the church thriving and really growing. The last year, it's just shot up. Loads of people have joined it. So it's encouraging it. And uh, just to see what God's doing there. And um, it's just great. You know, it makes you realize when you go away and you just uh, you, you sit among God's people and you just think, you know what? It's a wonderful thing to be part of the kingdom of God. That, you know, you can go anywhere in the world and uh, meet with believers brothers and sisters in Christ and worship together. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, it is. Amazing. Thank you. So we're in the Word today. We're in Philippians. Still just uh, doing that little uh, series that we started, just in Philippians uh, chapter 4. And I just want to read a few verses from there, and then we're going to uh, get into the Word this morning. Uh, just Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 6, says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Wow, what a verse. What a fantastic verse. And uh, I just want us to kind of like meditate on this a bit this morning. I want to talk about how to guard your heart and your mind, how to keep yourself in peace. That's not bad, is it? We need to be able to keep ourselves in the peace of God. And, um, you know, I think it's really important for us to understand that when Jesus saved us and changed us, he offered to us peace with God, but also peace for ourselves. That we entered into this relationship with him that changes how we live and how we think and how we are able to uh, enjoy the world around us. Because we take peace for granted until we don't have it. Anybody know the, anybody know the feeling? Uh, you see, peace is a great thing until you don't have it. And when you don't have peace, it's hard to think um, and hard to make decisions about the situations that surround our lives. It's hard to feel secure in your relationships with other people when you don't have peace in your heart. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's hard to feel secure uh, with God when peace is gone from you and you're saying, what's going on, Lord? Where, what, what's happening in my life? And, you know, I believe that God's called us to, to be people who, who are able to follow him and to live with him and to be at peace with him and in ourselves in spite of what is happening around us. And that is the big challenge of the Christian faith, isn't it? To, to live at peace with ourselves, to keep the peace is what I would say. We've got to be people who keep the peace in our hearts and in our lives. And Paul is reminding his readers to, to, to find peace in the challenges of life. To recognize that um, we don't all have the privilege of being able to withdraw from everything all the time to find peace. Anybody know what it feels like? You know, sometimes you just want to say, oh, I just want to take the week off and just hide myself and, and be it. But sometimes you don't have that opportunity. Sometimes you still got to go to work. Hello? Sometimes the church still needs pastoring. Hello? Sometimes the, the shopping still needs doing. The house still needs cleaning. The kids still need to look after. Work needs. Friends, we don't always have the time to just say, okay, I'm going to go and find my peace out here. We'd love that, wouldn't we? But that's not the life we live, is it? Well, if that's the life you live, tell me how you do it. I'd love to know. 
The truth is we have to say, you know what, I need to find peace. I need to keep peace. And, and the truth is I, I want to talk about keeping peace because once we enter into the peace with God, our responsibility is to keep ourselves at peace. Our responsibility is to stay at peace with God and with ourselves. Uh, we can't always stay at peace with other people because if somebody isn't at peace with you, there's not much you can do about it. But the Bible says, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. So you can live at peace with them, even if they don't live at peace with you. You should try it sometime. Instead of letting people get under your skin, bless them. Pray for them. Do good to those that hate you, the Bible says. That's the Jesus way. And so we need to try and understand that and put that into our lives and into the context of our lives. And so Paul here wants us to be able to guard our lives from the worries, pressures, and concerns that come against us so we're able to live at peace. He wants us to be free from these things. And his words open up to us this concept that God wants us to be at peace with him and with ourselves. And we see that when uh, Jesus says in Matthew 6, 25, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And Jesus says something which is really important for us then. He says to us, you know what? There is something more important than the material things of this world. Now, I think we need to remember that. You know, we're in an age and in a culture where everything is about image and everything is about what we have. The culture, the prevailing culture of our world is about that. And success and fulfillment is being connected to having those things. But what we want to say is actually success, fulfillment is found in Christ. That's the message of the Bible. That's the message of Jesus. He says, don't worry about those things. Your father knows you need them, but seek first his kingdom. Jesus' radical plan for our lives is that we would turn the, the uh, axis of this culture on its head and say, you know what? I'm fulfilled in Christ. And therefore, I'm not going to be so concerned about these things. I don't have to you know, uh, pretend that everything's okay with everything because I'm at peace in myself. That's freedom, isn't it? Hello? It's freedom when you can get that. It's freedom when you can understand that. It's freedom when you don't have to feel the pressure of trying to conform and trying to succeed and trying to look to be successful and about everything. And so Paul begins to outline how we can do that in these verses. And I just want to try and um, pull out a few things of these things today to talk about how we keep peace in our heart. Firstly this, peace comes through our decision. Peace comes through our decisions. He says there, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer, present your request to God. He says, listen, uh, you know, you've got to decide what is the source of your happiness and contentment in life. You've got to decide what it is in you that is giving you the bedrock and the foundation of your life. You've got to decide you won't be anxious about the things that other people are anxious about. It's a faith thing right there and then. See, here's the issue of our time and of our generation and of our faith as believers in God. Will we trust God in a world that doesn't trust God? Will we trust him when situations seem to come against us that somewhere in our mind we say, well, surely if God loved me, I wouldn't have to go through this. Can I keep peace in my life in the midst of the difficulties of life? Will I decide to trust him? Job said to his wife when she said, curse God and die, she, he said to him, he said to her, will I only accept good things from God and not bad? That's a phrase, isn't it? He said, you know what? I'm going to trust God because he's God. I'm not going to trust God because my life is going the way I want it to go. 
I'm going to trust God because he's bigger than my life. And there's, there's, a, there's a thing in our generation and in our culture and our society today, even among the church, that only wants to trust God if God's fulfilling everything of our desires because we have swallowed the great ambition of life, which is that everything should be great for us. And that's not the purpose of the scripture. The purpose of the scripture is that we should fulfill the purpose of God in our life and in our age. And yet somehow we've equated discipleship just with uh, uh, our, our own ambitions. And Paul says, no, if you want to live at peace, you have to decide not to be anxious. Now, friends, I'm not saying that's easy. When I read those words, I think, oh, yeah, Paul, easy for you to say. And then I think about it. Paul was shipwrecked three times. Anybody been shipwrecked here? He was stoned and left for dead. Anybody? He was in prison three times. Some of us will hit that. I know that. (laughs) He He was beaten with rods. He was enslaved and put in stocks. He was overwhelmed by his burden for the church. He says, I even despaired of life. Friends, all of a sudden I think, actually, Paul knows what he's talking about. And he's saying, listen, you've got to decide you're going to trust God no matter where you are in life. You've got to decide. It's a decision that you make. If you're going to live at peace, then you have to decide, hey, I don't know what's going on, God, but I know that I know you, and therefore I'm going to trust you. And I want to say to you today, somewhere along the line, you've got to work that out and put that into your life and into your experience. Following Jesus is a challenge. That's why Paul confesses at the end of his life, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You know, if we're going to live at peace, we have to say, you know what, Lord, I'm fighting this good fight. I'm in. I'm up for it. Lord, I'm taking hold of it. Lord, I'm pursuing it. Lord, I'm not letting go of it. I'm not giving up today because I feel like it. I'm not giving up today because other people have given up. Lord, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep trusting you. I'm going to keep declaring who you are in my life and in my situation. It is this position of faith in God and in his son, Jesus Christ, that is the starting place for our security as disciples. It's standing there. It's saying, Lord, this is where I find myself. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says this. Anyone, sorry, and without faith is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, we've got to believe that, haven't we? That's why we're in church this morning, isn't it? Because we believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who seek him. That his heart is towards us. That his desire is for us. That he loves us. And that's the first step to guarding our lives. Trusting God. This is the fight of faith that we have to enter into. And I I, I just want to tell you today, if, if peace is a rare thing in your life, friends, it comes down to this decision. Will I trust him? And you know what? I can't force you to do that. I can't even, in one sense, teach you to do that. You have to decide you're going to do that. You have to decide that your revelation of who God is and your encounter with him is enough to say, Lord, I'll trust you with this. Even though, Lord, I can't see where this is leading. Even though I'm not happy. Lord, even though I'm overwhelmed. Even though, like Paul, I even despair of life itself sometimes. Lord, I decide I'm going to trust you. I'm going to bring my life and my circumstances before you and look to you. The scriptures encourage us to understand that sometimes we have to stand to take hold of what God has for us. Paul says to Timothy, that is why I'm suffering as I am. This is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him until that day. You know, there's something incredibly precious about entrusting your life to the Lord. 
but saying, Lord, I, I don't understand this, but Lord, I, I trust you with what's going on. I don't understand why I'm in this situation. I don't understand this season in my life. But Lord, I trust you. I've entrusted my life to you. And therefore, Lord, I will not let go of my peace. I'm going to keep it, Lord. I've decided to follow you. Peace is a result of our decision. Secondly, peace follows our prayers. It's just a lovely little phrase here. He says, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. By prayer and petition. See, here's a little hint into how we deal with anxiety. Paul tells us that uh, we, we bring peace into our lives. We keep peace in our lives by bringing our prayers and petitions. And those two words mean slightly different things. One is about seeking God and the other is about asking for our needs and, and for our situations and bringing them before God. So one is the act of, of seeking him to pray and to, to come before him, to acknowledge him if you like. The other is to bring our needs before God. And he says, listen, you're going to find peace when your prayer and your petitions, when you bring them to him, when you engage in prayer. Now, see, see, prayer is one of those things that we have to learn to recognize in our lives. How do we deal with the lack of peace? We pray. You know, we pray. Maddie said an interesting thing a few weeks ago when she was on the stage. And she said that when she first came to Derby, she learned to pray. As a student, as a young woman who had to then find peace with God, she had to learn to pray to get over her worries about coming into the new country. That's right, isn't it? I'm quoting you. I think I did. I make that up when you were looking at me like that. Um, and I, I think that was such a great example because for all of us, if we're going to live in peace, we have to learn to pray. See, the truth is some of us are experiencing anxiety and worry about things because we do not pray about them. Because this is God's way of us receiving peace in our hearts and in our minds. There's a connection between this action of seeking the Lord and of entering into peace. Anybody who's who's prayed at all will realize that sometimes the prayer doesn't change anything. It just changes you. Anybody know what that feels like? It's like you come out the other end of the praying and and the situation hasn't changed, but you've changed. Your perspective has changed. Your understanding has changed. Your insight has changed. And you're able to come and say, God, you know what, Lord? Uh, I I feel differently about this, Lord. I I see some opportunities. I see some hope. And it's not because uh, God has come and unnecessarily done something, although that can happen, but it's because we've changed our perspective. Peace has come as we've connected with God. Peace has come as we've sought him, as we've been with him. We bring our request to God and we experience him changing us or changing uh, the situation or working in us in the situation. Prayer is how we exchange our worries and pressures for the peace and presence of God within us. That's why it's so important for us. That's why Jesus teaches us to do it. That's why when, he, uh, when the disciples came to him and he taught the Lord's Prayer, it's actually the believer's prayer. It's for us to pray. It's for us to learn and to acknowledge and put into our lives. And it's in those situations of prayer that we can see things change. James 5 says this, Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. I prayed for no rain on my holiday but that didn't work. It's funny isn't it? it's amazing scripture. All of a sudden, we were confronted with this truth. Listen, Elijah was just like us, and he prayed, 
and situations changed. And so we have to come to that place in our hearts where we're willing to say, Lord, by prayer and petition, I need to bring this to you. See, that's a surrender. That's an act of faith right there. See, that's what God looks for. He looks for that dependence upon him. He looks for that willingness. You see, the truth is, we would rather wrestle anxiously to find our own solution than surrender to God. We'd rather wrestle and try and work it out. We'd rather wrestle and try and, you know, and then when we've got our solution, we try and say, God, you know, just uh, sort this out like this, please, Lord. But the Bible teaches us to pray and to seek him. And Jesus taught us not, not a formula in the Lord's Prayer, but a pattern in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, acknowledge who God is. See, when you pray, our Father in heaven, you're instantly coming and, and surrendering and acknowledging who God is. Um, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, prayer starts with surrendering to the purposes of God. See, when we pray, we need to come and say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. See, sometimes we come and we say, Lord, sort everything out for me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Lord, my kingdom come. Lord, my will be done. No, we come and we say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we surrender to him. And then we bring our needs to him. Give us this day our daily bread. And then we come and we deal with our relationships with him and with others. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Jesus is presenting us a pattern because you see what robs our peace. Here it is, friends. It's one when we put God in the wrong place and we put ourselves in his place. Takes peace away. Two, it's when we won't surrender to him. Three, it's when we have needs that need to be met. Four, it's when our relationships are broken. Five, it's when evil is seeking to oppress us. Jesus is teaching us how to pray peace into our lives in the Lord's Prayer. He's teaching us to live at peace with him. And if we see that as the focus of it, what he's teaching us is is that out of that prayer relationship comes continuity and security and a sense of peace. And it's when that prayer relationship breaks down that actually those things begin to overwhelm you. Have you ever become paranoid because you haven't prayed much? Or is it just me? Most Sundays. Why? Because it comes out of that not praying and not going through this pattern the Lord gives us to actually be at peace with him and with one another. I want you to think about it today because I I can almost guarantee that when you lose peace, it's because of something the Lord's Prayer covers. Because it covers everything. And if you can learn to pray and use the pattern that the Lord gave you, then actually what you're going to do is keep yourself at peace with God and with other people. Why? Because you're doing what Jesus taught you to do. We need to put that into our lives and into our circumstances so that we protect ourselves. Jesus told this parable in Luke 18 of the persistent widow. Luke 18, and you know the story. The widow just comes again and again and prays. You know, sometimes that's all we have. It's it's an act of faith. See, um, if... uh, if people had to come and dip in the Jordan, if Naaman had to come and dip in the Jordan, act of faith. You know, the Bible is full of acts of faith. And for us today, that act of faith is coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, I need to live at peace with you. And to do that, God, I need to seek you and be in connection with you. Because, Lord, this relationship issue is robbing me of peace. Forgive me, Lord, as I forgive those who've sinned against me. 
Lord, I forgive them. And all of a sudden, there's a transformation in our spirit and in our heart and in our attitude that doesn't change everything around us, but changes us in the circumstances of our lives. That's the power of prayer. It aligns our hearts and minds with the heart and mind of God. And we begin to live in the confidence of that connection with him. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. What a connection that is. Prayer comes through, sorry, peace comes through our prayers. And then finally, peace builds on our experience. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. I love that little phrase, with thanksgiving. You know, I, I just think that, um, see, peace comes from being able to thank God for what he's already done in our lives. You know, isn't it great to be here together as the people of God? You know, and we're able to sing, I'm no longer a slave to fear. There's something to be thankful of, isn't there? I'm no longer a slave to sin. There's something to be thankful of. I'm no longer a slave to whatever you want to put in there, but I am a child of God. Something to be thankful about. See, peace is kept in our lives when actually we're able to say to ourselves, you know what? I've come into a place of understanding what God has done for me, and therefore I'm going to speak about it. I'm going to remind myself about it. That's why in Psalm 103 it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your... Thank you. And heals all your who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion and renews your youth. Wow, come on, church. All of a sudden, we're able to thank God for what he's done and peace comes. You know, can you remember when God has answered a prayer in your life? Amen? Or is it just me? Friends, if you can remember what God's done, then you can be thankful for what God has done. And all of a sudden, life starts to flow in you and you start to go, you know what, Lord, thank you. And when you start to have a thankful heart, guess what? Peace starts to root itself deep within you. Because you know what God has done for you, and you know that no matter what happens, you'll trust him. That's why the prophet says through Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 43, is that when you walk through the fire, I will be there, and through the flame. Why? He says, because I've promised to be with you. I've always been with you. Look at what I've done for you already, and look at what I'm going to do for you in the future. When we walk through the valley, we fear no evil. Why? Because we know he's been with us. We keep ourselves at peace by having a thankful heart. I want to ask you today, have you got a thankful heart? <laughs> you know, are you keeping it? Because you've got to keep a thankful heart, haven't you? Have you ever noticed how miserable you can get? Just me. Have you noticed how, you, how things can just start to weigh on you? Have you noticed how you can become sour and miserable? Have you noticed that just the, the busyness of life and the pressure, and all of a sudden before long, it's all about, oh, and another thing. You want to rant at the world. Come on. Why? Because we lose a sense of thankfulness. See, I think that's sometimes why we need to stand in front of the mirror sometimes and say to ourselves, praise the Lord, Dave. Come on. What's going on, Dave? What have you got to be thankful for? I think if we started to remember what we had to be thankful for, we wouldn't be quite so miserable. Or we wouldn't be quite so covetous of all the things that we don't have. Hello. God, because we're covetous people, aren't we? Everybody needs everything. Why don't we just thank God for what we have? Why don't we just rejoice in the Lord always? Why don't we just say, you know what, Lord, thankful. I love this great little verse, and it says... Uh, 
Be thankful. Maybe some of us need to write it on that, you know, mirror in our bedrooms. Some of us need to look at ourselves. Hey, here's a word for people. We need to look at ourselves and say, be thankful. We're always wishing we were like everybody else and had everybody else. Friends, you've got to thank God for who you are and how God's made you. The Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You've got to be able to say, God, thank you for the life you put within me. You don't have to be thankful about every horrible thing that's happened. I know some of us have been through some stuff. But friends, be thankful that God loves you and has redeemed you and saved you and given you hope. Sometimes we just have to make peace with ourselves by having a thankful heart. You know, so many people are robbed of peace because they can't give thanks for what they have. They only worry about what they don't have. They say, God, if only you'd done this. God, if only you'd done this. God, if only you would heal me. If only you would sort that situation out. If only do that. Friends, if they would just stop and say, God, thank you. Thank you that you've put your hand in my life. Thank you that you've redeemed me. Thank you that you've introduced me to Jesus Christ. Thank you that my hope is secure in heaven. Thank you that you've filled me with your spirit. Thank you that you've surrounded me with love and compassion. Thank you, God, that you've given me friends who love me and accept me for who I am. Thank you, God. You know what? All of a sudden, our perspective changes. All of a sudden, peace starts to dwell in the hearts of people. So easy to lose peace, friends. And that's why Paul teaches us these words and says, keep the peace in your life. Be thankful. With thanksgiving, present your requests. See, when you present yourself as thankful, it changes how you come, doesn't it? You don't just have a list of things. It changes how you ask. It's a great story in the Old Testament of Caleb's daughter. I think she's called Aksa. And she comes to him and she says this, since you have given me Um, land in the desert give me also springs of water she says you know I'm so grateful that you've given me something already father but would you give me something else see it gives you a peace with God and all of a sudden this thankful heart starts to come out and you know I just think it gives us confidence you see if we have confidence the Bible says if we have confidence before God we can ask for whatever we like And confidence comes out of a thankful heart. If we're always anxious about, oh, well, this hasn't happened and this happened, it erodes peace. And when we haven't got peace, see, when you don't have peace with God, you feel that you have to earn everything with God. Have you ever noticed? You feel you have to try and work it up. You feel you have to be good enough. You have to pray enough. You have to fast enough. You have to give enough. You have to be obedient enough. And as soon as you start trying to tick off a list of things that you're good at, you know you've blown it, don't you? Well, I mean, I'm guessing, looking at you like you've blown it terribly. We know, we know we miss it. So we have to keep peace in our lives by being thankful for what God's done for us, by rejoicing, by overflowing. Psalm 105, look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, the judgments he has pronounced. It's as we remember what God's done, as we celebrate it. Friends, has God done anything in your life today? Has anybody got anything good to say about Jesus today? Well, friends, that's how we keep peace. Remind yourself. Sometimes you just have to remind yourself. We always want everybody else to remind us, don't we? See, you know, there's a thirst in us for good words from everybody. We want the prophetic to come and give us a great word about how valued we are. And friends, they're wonderful, and I don't underestimate them at all. But sometimes we just have to remind ourselves how much God loves us. Was it the uh, famous theologian Barth, wasn't it, who was asked what was the most profound truth he'd ever heard? And he just said this. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. What a great truth that is. 
Isn't it great to be loved by God? Isn't it great that sinners, people who are lost, people who are hopeless, people who are cut off, people who have no interest in God have been found by him and whose lives have been changed? Be thankful, church. Let thankfulness overcome our lives. Let thankfulness fill us. You know, if only we would learn to exude that and to uh, work at that. That is why David said, the Lord who rescued me. See, see it, I love that. See, thankfulness brings you into the fight. Thankfulness remembers what God can do. When David went out to fight Goliath, he said, uh, 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 and Saul said to him, you can't do this, you're just a boy. And he said, no, 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 the Lord who delivered me from the lion and the bear will deliver me from this Philistine. What was he doing? He was saying, you know what? I'm thankful to God for what he's already done. So if God can do that, I know he can do something else in my life. Friends, if you've got something in your life where God has done, if you've got a moment in your life where God set you free, where he healed you, where he changed you, he transformed you, then friends, you need to live on the basis of that and say, you know what? Thank you, God. I'm going to keep going for you. I'm not going to be robbed of peace today simply because this situation has come, but I'm going to trust what you've done in me and I'm going to hold on to it for your kingdom and for your glory. We build on our experience and it increases as we hear the Lord and as we, we call out to him. I love Psalm 77. I, remember, I just love this. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God. Come on. Isn't that amazing? I don't know about you this morning, but uh, I want you to keep the peace. I want you to take responsibility for it. You know, so often we placed our peace in other people's hands. You know, pastorally, I deal with it all the time. People who have upset people, people who have taken, you know, people, and, you know, and, and sometimes we have to get into that. But sometimes you've just got to decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to live at peace. Peace with God and peace with people. And when people get all kind of weird with me, I'm just going to thank God that he doesn't get weird with me. Come on, that's a good place to be, isn't it? When people expect too much of me and I can't fulfill, I feel I've let them down, I'm going to thank God that actually he never lets me down and he accepts me just the way I am because that's how I can stay at peace. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, let's be honest, if we had to try and meet everybody else's expectations, we'd go crazy, wouldn't we? So we've just got to keep ourselves at peace with God. Just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes I go home uh, from a hard day in the office with Matt, it's tough. And you know, sometimes the truth is, it's my own expectations that rob me of my peace. It's my own desires that rob me of my peace. And I've got to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I thank you, God, that you, Lord, welcome me just as I am. And I open my heart and with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, I bring my request to God. And then what happens? And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guards my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. See, God wants you to live at peace in your heart and in your mind. Because when you live at peace there, you're at peace in all that you do. We come, we come to him and we decide that we're going to trust him. We come to him and we acknowledge him 
and his lordship over our lives through prayer and petition. And we come with thanksgiving, remembering what he has done in our lives. I'm going to pray for peace today over people's lives. I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to come. We're going to ask God to bring peace deep into people's lives today. And uh, just to release his presence into our lives and into our circumstances. But first I want to maybe say to people here who maybe don't know Jesus, who are not following him. Jesus died to make a way for you to have peace. Peace from sin and its consequences in your life. Peace with God so that you can know him and call him your father. And peace with yourself so that all the stuff that comes against you can be cleaned and you can be at peace with him. The issue for you is will you decide to trust him? It's like like we are as well. Will you decide to trust him? I want us to bow our heads just for a moment. Maybe before we go this morning, there's just somebody here and you know you haven't got peace with God. I'm not talking about having peace in yourself. We're going to pray for that in just a moment. But this is peace with God because of sin. and Because of shame and stuff that has filled your life and has robbed you of peace. And you're trying to find it today. Maybe you're in church for the first time because you've not experienced it. Or maybe you're just longing to reconnect with God and find peace with him. And just before we go any further in our service, I just want to give you a moment, an opportunity just to respond to the Lord. I'm going to pray a prayer and I just want you to pray it after me in your head. Just to respond to the Lord. If that's you, then you just pray this in your mind with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I realize that I need to know the peace that you've brought into this world. I understand that I'm far away from you today. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner, unable to deal with my sin on my own. Thank you for giving yourself for the sins of the world, including mine. Will you forgive me today? I put my trust in you. Please come in and take over my life and I will live for you. Let the peace of your presence fill me and lead me in your ways. Amen. If that's you this morning, just as our heads are bowed, I just believe that God wants to bring peace into your life. If that's you this morning, I just want you to simply slip up your hand just as I'm looking around and say, Dave, that's me. I need to know peace with God. Is there anybody here? Yes, thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Bless you. Father, I just pray for those, Lord, who, Lord, are looking to you to find peace with you this morning. Lord, peace that the world cannot give. Lord, peace that flows from your death on the cross that put us right with you. Please come and fill our lives afresh this morning. Lord, let us know, Lord God, your deep love for us. Lord, your hand upon our lives. Lord, that we might, Lord, experience, Lord, Lord, your salvation. I thank you, Lord, that your word says that all who turn to you, Lord, you will come and, Lord, fill, Lord, with your presence. So, Lord, come and fill today your people. Lord, we thank you for your presence, Lord. And, Lord, I just pray your blessing upon my friends, Lord, who've just responded to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're just going to pray right now. For all those who need peace in your life. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving.
present your request to God. And so I'm going to ask you this morning, if you need to do that, we're just going to pray over you this morning. I'm not going to get everybody out the front, but I know that God wants to release peace and bring peace this morning. And so I want you to stand this morning in just a moment, just as that declaration of prayer and petition. You're standing to say, God, I trust you, Lord, with my life. I trust you, Lord, with what's going on in my situation, Lord. Lord, I stand today, Lord, and I give it to you. Lord, Lord, I just look to you this morning because of who you are. Lord, because I need you to meet my need. And I'm going to pray for the peace of God to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus before we go today. So if that's you this morning, please just stand where you are. I'm going to pray for you before we close. Peace of God. Peace of God. God knows his people, knows us by name, loves us. So Father, God, this morning, as we just... uh, Stand in your presence, Lord. Lord, we just recognize today, Lord, that our, Lord, our peace, Lord, is in you. Lord Jesus, you have made and given us peace. Peace with God, peace with ourselves, Lord. We're no longer slaves, Lord, to fear, to sin, to addiction, Lord. Lord, to guilt or to shame, Lord, but you've changed us. And so this morning, Lord, we come And Lord, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, we acknowledge, Lord, that you are God. Lord, some people trust in what they have. Lord, some people trust in in what they can do. Some people trust in their own abilities, Lord. And we thank you for all those things. But Lord, we choose to put our trust in you this morning. For you are the author and the finisher. Lord, you are the beginning and the end. Lord, you are the giver and sustainer of life. And so we, this morning, stand in your presence. And Lord, we ask you, Lord, to guard our hearts and our minds and to keep us in perfect peace, Lord, because our hearts are stayed on you. And I pray for those of my brothers and sisters, Lord, who just need Lord, a revelation today of your proximity, of your presence in their lives. I pray, God, you would just come right now and touch them by your Holy Spirit. And they would just, Lord, be able to draw upon the strength of God for their lives and circumstances. But I pray for those, Lord, who are walking through the fire and through the water, Lord, even today. I pray, God, that they would reach out and find you standing with them and walking with them, Lord. I pray that those, Lord, who are haunted, Lord, by memories, Lord, that have hurt them. And I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you break those chains. And Lord, free people to be, Lord, at peace in their hearts and in their minds, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the power of your word to change lives. And so I pray your blessing, Lord, upon my brothers and sisters today. We thank you that we can rejoice together. I thank you, Lord, that we can gather together in this place. And Lord, that we can, Lord, declare the truth. Lord, that you are God. So we say rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. The Lord is near. 
And so, Lord, we take hold of your word today and we take hold of your presence deep within our hearts. We thank you for one another. We pray your blessing upon us. Why don't we all stand together? Lord, we just pray, Lord. Lord, for the, uh, <laughs> the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit would be with us all, Lord, evermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless your church. It's been great to be together.